Welcome, welcome to the Third Eye High podcast, Facts Over Feelings, and I'm your host, J.F. Bay. So we're going to go over a very uh, controversial topic on this particular episode, and it deals with uh, the AZT, blood pressure medication, link, and the HIV and the AIDS hoax, right? So this is going to be a two-part episode but the first uh part i'm gonna go over the link between uh there's been an alarming amount of people in the melanated community that's been diagnosed with hiv not to mention large population in the melanated community have been diagnosed with hypertension high blood pressure so i'm gonna show you this strange parallel between the two and what if this shit is all a hoax right so we're going to go over to the origins of AZT where did it come from who first created it what was its use and what is it being used for now is it effective for what it said it's being used for and we're also going to see the correlation between the AIDS epidemic and this scamdemic dealing with this COVID-19 situation Right, because they also created some medications to combat COVID-19, which aren't as effective as they claim. But they seem to have made this similar claim back in the 80s. So we're going to get into something. So do me a favor, grab something of your leisure, kick back, grab you a notebook and a pen, take some extensive notes and don't follow me anywhere. I encourage you to follow the truth wherever it goes, because the truth is the only thing that we're searching for, right? And the truth shall set you free. And you got to deal with this facts over feelings. So I'm just going to show you how to keep your third eye high and wipe that coal out your eye, because I'm just here to shine my light your way, to help you find your light switch and keep your light lit. So let's first go into the origins of AZT. Where the fuck did it come from? What was AZT used for? So AZT stands for, it's it's a long ass name, right? It's spelled uh, AZT, Z-I-P-O-D-I-D, excuse me, D-O-V-U-D-I-N-E. But it's also uh, referred to as retrovir. And it's also, you know, called by many different names. But what I'm also going to highlight that what if you were taking high blood pressure medication, but you were really taking AIDS medication? Because the strange correlation you're going to find out when we go over this information that all of the people that were been diagnosed with so-called HIV. And it's the reason I say so-called, because we're going to we're going to dispel this myth by the end of this build. Most of the people that were prescribed or diagnosed with HIV, they were prescribed AZT. But AZT also is acting as a blood pressure medication. So what if you were prescribed a blood pressure medication, but it was really AZT? The same medication they give for patients with HIV. This shit is very disturbing, but we're going to go over this and I just want you to, you know, keep an open mind and follow the information to where it goes. Right. So AZT is spelled A-Z-E-T-A-Z-O-L-A-M-I-D-E. So if you look at look at the ingredients, 
Now, I don't care what kind of a, a high blood pressure medication you're currently taking. Look at the back, right? Because you notice they always name the drugs some crazy name you can't pronounce. But if you look at the back, it's going to tell you a series of other chemical drugs that were combined to create the one you're taking. So if you look on the back of your medication for your blood pressure, you're going to find that word AZT in there. But it's not going to be written A-Z-T. It's going to be spelled A-C-E-T-A-Z-O-L-A-M-I-D-E. And most of this is used to reduce blood pressure. So wait a minute. Why is it that everyone that's diagnosed with AIDS or HIV or what is the difference between the two? Because there's a scam with that itself. So now, does a person have AIDS or do they have HIV? Or do they have anything to begin with? Because it's also a correlation with this COVID situation. Currently, they have people taking uh, this COVID pill, right? Which is like an alternative to the COVID vaccine. And there was a, a pill put out by uh, the company Merck, right? Merck put out their first pill. They were the first one to get approved by the FDA. And they, they uh, gave the name of this pill, uh, Mono... Nupiravir, Nupiravir, that's the name of their uh, COVID pill. But they said that you take this COVID pill, you got to take it uh, five times a week, and you take it in conjunction with a pill called Ritonavir. Now, Ritonavir is an inhibitor, but Ritonavir is an AIDS medication. So why are they giving people that they say have COVID AIDS medication? Put a pin in that. We're going to come back to this because I'm going to show you the correlation that whether you got high blood pressure or whether you got diagnosed with AIDS or you got diagnosed with COVID, which is all a scam, they're giving you AIDS medication that doesn't even fucking work. So let's go into where did AZT come from? So now let's go into, or rather go down the rabbit hole. So now, this is an article from Time Magazine, and it was uh, published in 2017, March 19th to be exact. And that date is very significant. So today, if someone is diagnosed with uh, HIV, they can choose from 41 different drugs that can treat the disease. And keep in mind, 41 different drugs they have for, for AIDS medication Listen to what they said. It treats, which means it covers up symptoms, but it doesn't cure anything. So still to this day, the people taking these medications have no relief. So what is the AZT actually doing? We're going to go into what's that about. So now when we go into where AZT came from, as it turned out, the first weapon against HIV was a new compound scientists had developed from scratch. It was one that already was on the shelf. Abate, abandoned AZT or azoidothamine was originally developed in the 1960s by a U.S. researcher as a way to dwarf cancer. The compound was supposed to insert itself into the DNA of the cancer cell and mess with its ability. So let's go back. AZT was never created for AIDS patients. It was originally created in the 1960s to shrink cancer tumors. But guess what? It never worked. So 
it never worked. So which means the U.S. researchers, and by 1960, they tried to dwarf the cancer by using AZT. The compound was supposed to insert itself in the DNA of a cancer cell and mess with its ability to replicate and produce more tumor cells. But it didn't work when it was tested in mice. It was put aside. So AZT couldn't do what it was originally produced to do, so they shelved it. And somewhere along the lines, they said, hey, we could resell this stuff. So now, keep in mind, now we're going to deal with a highlighted issue because all of this is dealing with chronic inflammation. What is chronic inflammation? We're going to get to that. Put a pin in that. Because the production of tumors that develop in the body, that's a sign of chronic inflammation. Chronic inflammation is like this. you got two sets of inflammation. Standard inflammation is when you get an injury. Let's say you get an injury to the body. Let's say you cut yourself. Immediately, blood cells start showing up to start repairing that injury. But when you have chronic inflammation, it tricks the body into believing it's injuries going on in the body that's not happening. So it causes the immune system to attack itself. See where I'm going with this? Because AIDS, as they call it, or HIV, or whichever the two, remember, it's a disease or alleged virus that attacks the immune system. But what if you don't have a virus at all? What if you have chronic inflammation in a particular part of the body? Because we're seeing a similarity with this COVID situation. It's all a fucking scam. So now let's go to this. Two decades later, after AIDS emerged as new infectious disease, the pharmaceutical company Burroughs Welcome. So there was a company called Burroughs Welcome. They're the producers of the AZT, where they started giving to AIDS patients. Burroughs Welcome, already known for its antiviral drugs, began a massive test of potential anti-HIV agents hoping to find anything that might work against this new viral foe. Among the things tested was something called Compound S. Now what is Compound S? Compound S is a remade version of the original AZT medication. So they took something out of the field that wasn't working for cancer patients. As you know, they still haven't found the alleged cure for cancer because it's all inflammation. Now, Dr. Sabi was on to this. He called it uh, mucus. We said mucus built up in the body. He was talking about an influx of chronic inflammation. So wherever you have chronic inflammation in the joints, the, the organs, they name it something, give you a diagnosis, but they never reverse the chronic inflammation. So it continues. Then the body turns to something else. Then another organ fails until you die. So they came up with this AZT, a remade version, when it was, and they figured out when they threw it into a dish with an animal cell infected with HIV, it seemed to block the virus's activity. But let's find out if they could prove that claim. The company sent samples to the FDA and the National Cancer Institute where Dr. Samuel Broder, Dr. Samuel Broder, who headed the agency, realized the significance of the discovery. But simply having a compound that could work against HIV wasn't enough. In order to make it available to the estimated millions who were infected, researchers had to be sure that it was safe and that it would indeed stop HIV in some way, even if it didn't cure 
the people of their infection. At the time, such tests overseen by the FDA took 8 to 10 years. Let's, let's stop right there for a second. So what they're saying, they're trying to rush this drug out, right? It's an it's a epidemic, right? Sounds familiar? Sounds similar to what we're going through right now. So they found a way to fast track the FDA instead of doing the 8 to 10 year research study on this AZT medication before giving it to AIDS patients. They said, no, we need it today because people are dying. See, when you find out about this so-called European society, these cave kids, you find out that a lot of their claims are embellished. A lot of this shit is made up and it's not substantiated, but they rule by way of something called the Hegelian dialectic. Now, what's the Hegelian dialectic? Problem, reaction, solution. They create the problem. People are dying from this new virus called AIDS. They tell you how to react. You could be next. You could die if you don't protect yourself, if you don't get a cure. And then they provide the solution. Problem, reaction, solution. Hey, we got this medication that can cure all these people of this new virus that we detected. But keep in mind, the same PCR kits that are giving false positive reads of the COVID virus are the same PCR tests they were using to detect AIDS in the 80s. Now, I want you to research this because the scientists, I'll find, I'll find his name and I'll add it to the, to the linear notes, but the scientists that created the PCR tests, he called out Dr. Fauci, same person behind this COVID scam. He called out Dr. Fauci in the 80s, saying that his test was never used to detect AIDS. He also challenged Fauci's, Fauci's claim that HIV leads to AIDS, which still to this day hasn't been proven. So what are people actually dealing with? Let's continue with the Time magazine article. Patients couldn't wait that long. Under enormous public pressure, the FDA review of AZT was fast-tracked. Some say at the expense of patients. See what's going on? Didn't they fast track the COVID vaccine? Had that joint out less than nine months? When they saying here, it should have took them eight to 10 years to, to develop a successful medication that actually does what it says. Scientists quickly injected AZT into patients. The first goal was to see whether it was safe. And though it did cause side effects, including severe intestinal problems, Damage to the immune system, nausea, vomiting, and headaches. Keep that in mind. Because most of the people you, you hear that die from AIDS, they don't die from the virus. They die from complications of a failed immune system. So what are we talking about? A person with AIDS could die from pneumonia. Right? It's something attacking the immune system. But as I said, the same thing with chronic inflammation immune system starts to attack itself. So what if you just had chronic inflammation and not AIDS? What if you just had chronic inflammation and not high blood pressure? I'm going to show you the correlation. Follow along with me here. Scientists quickly injected the AZT into patients, right? And the side effects, intestinal problems, damage to the immune system, nausea, vomiting, and headaches. It was deemed relatively safe. So they still considered it safe. I want to share something with you, right? Because the HIV COVID pill, right? Which means the new COVID pill that they have, which you have to take a uh, Ritonavir, which is an HIV inhibitor, 
guess what the side effects are for Merck's COVID pill? Diarrhea, dizziness, and nausea. Sounds like AZT to me, doesn't it? Let's continue. Goes on to say, they also had to test the compound's effectiveness. In order to do so, a controversial trial was launched with nearly 300 people who had been diagnosed with AIDS. The plan was to randomly assign the participants to take capsules of the agent or sugar pill for six months. So they basically created a placebo uh, study where they gave half of uh, the patients sugar pills and the other half, they gave them the drug, but they never told the doctor nor the patient if they were really taking the drug or not, right? Kind of like a blind study. Goes on to say, pharmaceutical company Burroughs Welcome, already known for its antiviral, okay, where we at? Uh, after 16 weeks, Burroughs Welcome announced that they were stopping the trial. So they stopped the trial of this AZT medication only 16 weeks in because there was strong evidence that the compound appeared to be working, appeared to be working. See, these euros, they got a funny way with the wordplay. One group had only one death. Even in that short period, the other group had 19. Let me translate that for you. So they saying in one group, only one person died, but in the other group, 19 people died. Here's the problem. They don't tell you which group actually took the AZT and which group took the sugar pills. So what if those 19 people that died in that one group, they all took AZT? And the one person that died in the other group happened to be the one person that got the AZT opposed to the other patients that got the placebo. So the only people that stayed alive were the people who never took the AZT. Let's follow along. This is very disturbing as it moves along. So the company reasoned that it wouldn't be ethical to continue the trial and deprive one group of a potentially life-saving treatment. Sound familiar? Same thing with the COVID trials. So many people were dying in the studies. They said, hey, you know, the deaths outweigh... No, they said the, 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 the medicine, the cure outweighs the risk of death. So they're saying basically... You see how these people died in the study? Millions more people are going to die if we don't rush and get this medication out. But during testing, they have no proof that it actually works. In fact, it causes more damage than it does cure. So those results in AZT were heralded as a breakthrough and the light at the end of the tunnel by the company and pushed the FDA approved the first AIDS medication on March 19th 1987 in a record 20 months so it went from this thing's going to take eight to ten years to do an extensive study to see if the medication azt actually works to nah scrap that screw the data we're gonna fudge the numbers just like they did the covid shit and they got this to market in a record 20 months time still no proof that it works and as a matter of fact all the signs that it does the opposite of what they claim so it goes on to say but the study remains controversial Reports surfaced soon after that the results may have been skewed since doctors weren't provided with a standard way of treating the other problems associated with AIDS, pneumonia, diarrhea, and other symptoms. So they're saying even though they gave this AZT to the people and they said it was supposed to cure or treat the symptoms of AIDS, they still had the same symptoms of pneumonia, diarrhea, etc. But in fact, what if the AZT was causing the symptoms of pneumonia and diarrhea? What did we say earlier? A 
person doesn't die from the virus AIDS, they die from something like that. Diarrhea. They die from the bacteria getting into the intestinal tract. They die from pneumonia, right? Stuff that, that attacks the immune system. But what if it's chronic inflammation? We're going to prove that later. It's a reason I keep saying this because there's a reoccurring theme with all of these so-called diseases they keep saying people are catching. And what if it's just chronic inflammation? The body's trying to fight off some shit that it thinks is invading the body. That isn't really there. Isn't that how they created the COVID vaccine? To have you believe that it invades something and, and it's trying to fight off something that's going to invade and it's going to kind of beat it to the punch, right? But we're up to the fourth booster and none of these shots seem to be effective. Sounds familiar? <laughs> They've been here multiple times with selling the public uh, medications that they know don't work and they cash out and then create another one. So it says that the pneumonia, diarrhea, and other symptoms, which makes determining whether AZT alone was responsible for the dramatic result nearly impossible. For example, some patients receive blood transfusions to help their immune system. Introducing new healthy blood and immune cells could have helped these patients battle the virus better. There were also stories of patients from the 12 centers where the study was conducted pooling their pills to better the chances that they would get at least some of the drug rather than just a placebo. So what are they talking about? They said all of the claims made that AZT was success successful in treating uh, AIDS and HIV, they said even in the studies, the data can't be validated because they said in the study, 12 of the patients, excuse me, uh, Many of the patients received blood transfusions. So what if the blood transfusion made the patient better? Had nothing to do with the medication. Then they said a lot of the patients, because they gave half placebo, half the real pill. So many of the patients were putting their pills together, taking many at the same time, hoping that, you know, if I take four pills, maybe I got a real pill mixed in a placebo and I'll get some relief. But they never had any results from testing the patients. It was all made up data. Sounds familiar? Because all of the COVID data is also made up as well. And there were still plenty of questions left unanswered about the drug when it was approved. How long did the apparent benefits last? Still don't know. How, how, how uh, people weren't sick? How could, uh, could people that weren't sick still benefit? Did they benefit more than those further along in their disease? See, all this, right, meaning if your immune system is severely compromised, right, and they say, oh, my God, you know, you got full-blown AIDS or whatever they call it, and it's just basically you're at the last stage of your immune system being able to fight a common cold, you know, and you die from the simplest of things. So they're saying, is somebody just diagnosed with it? Are they successful taking the pill opposed to someone that's been diagnosed five or six years and then they start taking it? They saying that none of these questions can be answered because all of the claims are bogus. Such, such uncertainty would not be acceptable with a traditional approval. But the urgent need to have something in hand to fight the growing epidemic forced the FDA's hand. The people in the trial were already pressuring the company and FDA to simply release the drug if there were something that worked. against HIV, then it was not ethical to withhold it. So you see what's going on here? 
They create an urgency. People really need this drug because they're dying. Doesn't it sound familiar with the COVID? So they fast-tracked all these trials, never really checked to see if the vaccines work, never really looked at the long-term side effects, and it's thousands of people dead. You can check the Veris website. I encourage you to do your own due diligence, right? Because we don't deal in conspiracy. We deal in truth trafficking, right? We just truth trafficking, dropping off these spiritual keys. So what they're saying is, because it was such a high demand that, you know, it was an epidemic of AIDS outbreak, we needed this medication now, even if we're not going to take the real time to actually test it to see if it works. Nah, we got to start selling it because somebody wanted to cash in on all of these newly diagnosed people. Sound familiar? Get all the companies that came out with their own vaccines and they're up to their fourth or fifth booster. That still doesn't work. But they eating on the stock market. Always follow the bag. So it says the drug's approval remains controversial to this day. But in a world where treatment options are so far advanced, it can be hard to imagine a sense of urgency and a social pressure permeating in the medical community at the time. AIDS was an impeding wave that was about to crash on the shores of an unsuspecting and woefully unprepared populace. Having at least one drug that worked in however limited a way was seen as progress. See? So what they're saying is, even if you're up to your fourth booster with the COVID shit, hey, it's still progress because we got something out for you to take. That sounds like insanity. When you keep doing the same thing over and over and you're getting the same results, but yet they keep taking credit for vaccines and pills that don't work. So what are they really doing? What if these vaccines and pills are weakening your immune system? But then what is AIDS? They can't really tell you what it is. They just tell you, yo, your immune system gets attacked. It gets weakened and then you die from something attacking the immune system. Sounds familiar? Because they're also talking about, you know, people that had uh, COVID are at higher risk of HIV. Why do they keep ping-ponging between the two? Because the same medication they're giving AIDS patients, they're giving to COVID patients. So what is these PCR tests really picking up? Inflammation. This shit's all a scam. So let's continue. But even after AZT's approval, activists and public health officials raised concerns about the price of the drug at about $8,000 a year. So today, that would be about $17,000 in today's money. So they're saying that once they approved it, the AIDS activists started to be an outrage because they started charging people high price tags for the medication that doesn't even fucking work. Hmm, sounds familiar. Hmm. Okay, so it was prohibitive that to many uninsured patients in AIDS... Advocates accuse Burroughs Welcome of exploiting an already vulnerable patient population. So they tricked the, the FDA to say, hey, we got to get this out because we're trying to save lives. The minute the FDA approved it, they raised the price tag because they had all these new customers that had to buy something that they thought was going to save their life. In years since, it's became clear that no single drug is the answer to fighting HIV. See, it was all cap. People taking AZT soon began showing raising virus levels, but the virus was no longer the same, having mutated to resist the drug. Doesn't that sound familiar? So they saying that after they, they started to convince these people to spend all their hard-earned money on some AZT that doesn't work, they said the, the levels of the virus continued to raise in the patients. So the AZT did nothing. In fact, 
They said the virus mutated. Doesn't that sound familiar? Every time they come out with a vaccine, oh, well, that vaccine was for the last variant. It mutated to a new variant. Now you got to take this other vaccine. It's all about the bag. This shit is disturbing. So it goes on to say, in the years since it's become clear there's no single drug that is the answer to fighting HIV. People taking AZT soon began showing rising virus levels, but the virus was no longer the same. Having mutated to resist the drug, more drugs were needed. Sound familiar? Because they telling you to get your fourth booster shot. You got the so-called vice president scamming. She's probably got stock options with the COVID pill because she took the COVID pill, but she's three times vaxxed and boosted, double boosted, and she's still taking the COVID pill. So what are they telling you? Even though we made claims that this drug can help you, hey, buy some more drugs that still can't help you and let us cash in. And if you're still alive, we'll sell you another drug down the line. Facts over feelings. This is the reality we have to look at because we're dealing with a sinister medical field that has been going unchecked for decades. And they've been making false claims and getting a lot of donations to fight viruses that they still haven't found a cure for. You treat something, you put a Band-Aid on some shit, but you didn't stop the symptom. That's false advertisement. And you're costing people their lives. So it says, the virus was no longer the same. Having mutated to resist the drug, more drugs were needed. And AIDS advocates criticized the FDA for not moving quickly enough to approve additional medications. And side effects including heart problems, weight issues, and more remained and reminded people that anything designed to battle a virus like HIV was toxic. So they saying, to date, any of those medications they're giving you, it's kind of revving up the so-called virus. But what if it's just triggering more inflammation in the body, chronic inflammation, which causes the body to continue to fight its own immune system. Today, there are several classes of HIV drugs, each designed to block the virus at specific points in its life cycle. Used in combination, they have been the best chance of keeping HIV at bay. But keep in mind, again, all of these things do is hide the symptom, but they never get to the cause. What's the cause of AIDS? They still can't tell you. So remember they told you in, in, in the 70s, they were saying that, you know, it was a sexual disease, right? Then that went out the window because millions of companies, they sold a shitload of condoms. That still to this day doesn't prove that it stops anything. But they cashed out as well. So all of this is about a bag. So it goes on to say AZT never backed up any of his claims that it made. They're still giving it to AIDS patients today. In fact, your AZT is now disguised within your high blood pressure medication. So most of the people that they diagnose with high blood pressure, somewhere down the line, they're probably going to say that you have AIDS too. See what's going on here? Because shit, they can make twice the amount of money off you. But let's look at something. Hypertension in HIV infected adults, right? Now this is, uh, this is uh, from the AH. A, journals.org, right? This is straight from the doctors, right? Because some people will, will listen to this podcast and say, well, this brother's just speaking theory and rhetoric, and I'm speaking facts, and I'm giving you uh, clinical notes from medical journals, right? So 
it's imperative that we as a people have to read more right because what they say you want to hide something from these niggas put it in a book but if you want to hide something from the masses which are asses that we're masses <laughs> that smell like shit right you have to hide it within the books so only with a little bit of reading and studying right so i'm giving a lot a lot of clues and markers in this bill because i want you to take notes i want you to go back and i want you to fact check me on this because i don't want you to follow me anywhere i want you to follow the truth to wherever it may take you because the truth shall set you free so the title of this article hypertension and hiv infected adults so it says globally 37 million people are living with the hiv virus since the year 2000, the number of individuals with access to antiretroviral therapy, ART, has significantly increased from 700,000 to 16 million. Widespread ART use has, has halved the HIV-related mortality rate from an estimated 2 million deaths in 2005 to 1 million in 2016. During the same time period, though, cardiovascular disease mortality rates more than double in people living with HIV. So what are they saying? As they allegedly took claim for these people that probably were misdiagnosed with AIDS, they said that, you know, their symptoms subsided and a lot of these people lived longer and got better and the, you know, year-to-year -year mortality rate of AIDS declined, which was all fudging the numbers. They saying that over the years, large groups of the population start being diagnosed with hypertension. Keep in mind, AZT is a blood pressure medication, right? Same thing they give the AIDS patient that deals with blood pressure. I'm going somewhere with this. So AZT is linked to the high blood pressure medication, right? So now we're going to go into the hypertension. The leading risk factor for mortality worldwide is a growing problem in the HIV-infected adults. So they're saying the number one killer in this country is high blood pressure. But again, it all goes back to high blood pressure dealing with chronic inflammation. I'm going to prove that, you know, because I don't want to just make statements. I'm going to uh, give you supporting documents that substantiate my claims, right? Because we're not out here just talking like Albion's. But what they found in a lot of this... Uh, the AIDS medication, the retroviral drugs they were giving people, they found chronic inflammation in a lot of the AIDS patients. More importantly, chronic inflammation in the gut floor, right? Because when they, they, they talk about AIDS, they talk about uh, a backing up of your feces and stuff that gets into the intestines and gets into the bloodstream and all that. And that stuff causes a crazy infection, which triggers the inflammation, chronic inflammation, which causes the immune system to attack itself. So a lot of people that they diagnose with AIDS, they have problems with the stomach. See where I'm going with this? Now, they also put out an article and they said that they were finding traces of COVID in people's gastrointestinal tract. See where I'm going with this? So what if the same scam they did with the AIDS thing is the same thing they're doing with COVID. And they're just magnifying on the PCR tests the chronic inflammation that's going on in the body, you know, mucus and damage, dying of the cells, and they just classify it as, oh my God, you got AIDS in your stomach, you got COVID in your intestines, but what's going on? Because all of this I see is an attack on the melanin. I'm going to do a build on that later on the podcast. 
because the strongest center where your melanin production is in the gastrointestinal tract. Right. As they talk about the story of Jesus, right? Because the Bible is all esoteric. But as they talk about the story of Jesus, the baby Jesus was found in what? A manger. A manger. That's where the animals are. And what do you find in a manger? Shit. What is in your gastrointestinal tract? Shit. Feces, right? Fecal matter. So what I'm saying is that God particle, that strong, strongest uh, center concentration of melanin production starts in your intestine starts in your gut so what if a lot of disease originates from what you put in your mouth that isn't properly digesting that's causing the onset of chronic inflammation which causes the swelling of arteries which causes nerve damage which triggers all of these things and they're just cashing in on our ignorance because we don't know ourselves I challenge you to dig deeper study more to know more so now, let's go into this. Chronic inflammation. So during this uh, link between HIV and hypertension, they said chronic inflammation, several studies have demonstrated that the inflammatory markers of HIV-related chronic immune activation are associated with hypertension. What are we talking about? If your body is attacking itself, you know how, you, how you, you'll get a fever? Because it's something foreign in the body. An immune system raises the temperature to kill off whatever particular virus that has invaded the system. So now what if you got this chronic inflammation, but you're not really sick. You just have chronic inflammation. But the body thinks you're sick, so it raises your blood pressure. So now you're taking something thinking, I got to lower my blood pressure. I'm going to take this AZT. But it lowers it, and then it spikes it, and then it lowers it, then it spikes it, and then it starts to attack the immune system. So it kind of takes the credit for lowering it, but it was the reason your blood pressure spiked in the first place. So this is why you'll see people on a perpetual hamster wheel, 20, 30 years, they're taking blood pressure medication, and you still haven't seen to got your blood pressure down. When a little bit of meditation... A little bit of qigong, a little bit of deep breathing, drinking a lot of water, cutting out the sweets, cutting out cigarettes, all kind of stuff. These things can lower your blood pressure in a week. But the doctors won't tell you this because they would be out of a job. Then they can't sell you drugs in their white coats. They just drug dealers in white coats. Same as the block. So now, it was all linking this chronic inflammation to what they were finding, right? It has something called my microbial translocation now microbial translocation has been implicated in the pathophysiology of hypertension in HIV infected adults HIV provincially infects CD clusters of differentiation for T cells in the gut so they're saying that they noticed that there was an agitation of something in the gut. Then I tell you that this whole diagnosis of AIDS is all dealing with chronic inflammation in the gastrointestinal tract. But we're gonna prove that later. But I'm just skipping around here to show you that a lot of this stuff is linked. So now it goes on to say, we'll just wrap this up here. Gut microbing, gut microbing, a growing body of literature has implicated abnormalities in the gut microbing as 
an important mechanism for hypertension. And this greater attention as a possible mechanism in the context of HIV infection. What are we talking about? So what if your crazy diet, you eating all these salty foods? I'm going to read this. One study, for example, the administration of a high salt diet to healthy volunteers was associated with increased blood pressure and CD4 T cells activity. So I guarantee you, everyone they diagnosed with AIDS, they got a high salt content in their diet. High salt content affects the blood pressure. You affect the blood pressure levels, guess what? You trigger the chronic inflammation in the immune system response. It starts to attack the gut. The gut slows down the production of the melanin. The melanin is the force that fights off and controls all of the systems and organs in the body. So what if all of these drugs they're giving us is slowing down our melanin production? Somebody's been studying us because we seem to be, you know, in the melanated community, we seem to be at a higher risk for so-called AIDS and high blood pressure. But as I said, everyone they diagnose with AIDS, they also have high blood pressure. What if it's all bullshit? Now there's something called leptin, right? Leptin a dipopoking generated by inflammatory cascades that are also activated in HIV infection acts primarily on the aorta and the hypothalamus gland. HIV infected individuals on ART, which are antiretroviral therapies, AZT, etc., AIDS medications, have been shown to have elevated leptin concentrations irrespective of body mass index. In the aorta and the hypothalamus, leptin receptors triggered the activation of both the RAAS and the symp sympathetic nervous system. Leptin also activated the RAAS and the central nervous system through direct effects on the medulla, medulla oblongata and by inducing productions of acute phase reactives, reactors in the liver. Now, you notice a lot of people, they'll diagnose with AIDS. They eventually diagnose with kidney failure. See, it's all, it's, it's all like a domino effect, right? They also give them liver failure, right? Because when you got chronic inflammation, the body's trying to expel these toxins. And the liver gets overloaded because it can't expel an excessive amount of toxins. So then the liver quits and it shuts down. So you're seeing how all of the organs end up quitting on each other, but it's all because you never addressed the chronic inflammation. So they're not telling the patients, yo, you change your diet, you change this, that, and the other. We might've got the diagnosis wrong. See, they're not gonna tell you that because once they tell you you got AIDS, guess what happens? Medicaid kicks in and all of these companies, these insurance companies, they get to sell drugs to the patient and they get to make a killing. And they're going to sell you these drugs for the duration of your life. So it, it, it's very disturbing, right? So let's go. What is AZT? The carbonic inhibitor, azotilomide, AZT, modulates blood pressure at high altitudes and reduces sleep disordered breathing in patients, right? So there was a study they done and they found that 
yeah, AZT works good for blood pressure. This is what I'm trying to explain to you. You're going to find that name AZT hidden in one of your blood pressure medications. So what I'm saying is the longer you're taking this AZT, eventually your doctor's going to double down on that check and just say, hey, you want to take an AIDS test? Because <laughs> I guarantee you when you take it, it's going to be positive. Not to say you have anything, but you're already a prime candidate because you've been taking AZT, which is affecting your immune system, and it's going to mimic what they call AIDS. Because remember, the doctor that created that PCR test, he said was never used for AIDS. Same thing he said about COVID. This shit was never used to detect COVID and this or that, and they still can't tell you what strand you have. See? It's all made up bullshit. But that chronic inflammation, right, that's key to everything we're going over here. Right. So I want to I want to dig deeper. Right. I want to dig deeper into this conversation. Right. Because some people could say, well, man, you know, I get it. I get it. You know, well, when they ain't giving me no AIDS medication again. Why is it that Merck came out with a pill, a covid pill called uh, Milano Nepaviravir? And you have to mix it with something called Ritonavir, which is an HIV drug. So they're giving you the same thing. So now, what did they say about most of the COVID patients? These people got high blood pressure, diabetes, obesity. All of these are side effects of chronic inflammation. Because they came out with this COVID pill and they made all these claims and they still have nothing to substantiate the claim. They say, you know, well, you could still catch COVID even taking a pill. You could take four shots, a booster, and still take the pill and still have COVID. Once you ask the vice president, which is all cat, right? Because she four times boosted and she took the pill and she still caught COVID. Allegedly, right? So, let's go into this here, right? Let's go into this. So now, most people don't understand that blood pressure medication is a hoax. And it's linked to the AIDS hoax. Because they're giving you the same medication. Now it's linked to the COVID hoax. Because they're giving you the same medication. But I want to read something for you, right? There's a book I want you guys to take a to uh, pick up if you get a chance, right? This book was written by a wonderful doctor, right? And the name of the book is called The Blood Pressure Hoax. But I want to read this this article, right? And it was and it was created by Dr. Donald K. Weber. But I want I want to read this here. And this is a this is a commentary from the doctor, and the doctor's explaining the the correlation between the hoax, meaning blood pressure medication and people diagnosed with high blood pressure. It's all bullshit. IAB, say it with me. It's all bullshit. So in the past few weeks, I ran across a handful of friends who have mentioned that they are taking meds to lower their blood pressure. I love it when the universe begins to send me information regarding something about which I have questions. I'm reading the winter issue of Wise Traditions, the Weston A. Price Journal. This is a medical journal. Inside, there is a review of an audio CD by Dr. Donald K. Weber, D.C., called Health 101 Simplified. And this is an excerpt from page 80. The issue is not yet online, but it will be eventually. So here's a quote from the doctor. Dr. Webb's uh, views on blood pressure are a little different from those of most doctors. 
right? Because just like when the AIDS medication, the AZT came out, many doctors were against it. They were against it because they said, yo, it's actually killing people. I wouldn't recommend that to my patient. But as you see, the same thing with the COVID, right? A lot of doctors came out and said the vaccines aren't safe. And many of those doctors lost their license. So they'll silence you if you're standing on truth. But it doesn't make the lie more truthful. So it goes on to say, Dr. Weber's view on blood pressure are a little different from those of most other doctors. He believes that your blood pressure is what it's supposed to be. In other words, artificially adjusting it with drugs is not correcting anything. Blood pressure is controlled by oxygen levels in the brain. See, a lot of people that are diagnosed with high blood pressure, many of them are just severely dehydrated. See, because most of us think we get our oxygen from the air, which is true, but water, H2O, hydrogen, two parts oxygen. So most of the oxygen that's going to be taken in by your body comes by your water intake. Now, I recommend that you drink half of your body's weight in ounces as a minimum. So if you weigh 150 pounds, you're going to drink 75 ounces of water minimum per day, right? And most people do not drink enough water. One of the most, one of the highest killers in this country is simply chronic dehydration. So this doctor's confirming, you know, stuff I've been believing my whole life, right? So he says that blood pressure is controlled by oxygen levels in the brain. If the brain is not getting enough oxygen, it raises the blood pressure until it does get enough oxygen. See what's going on? Normal blood pressure is considered to be around 120 over 80. Although the pharmaceutical companies would like to lower those figures so that they could make a whole lot more money selling their drugs to a lot more people, the ratio of 120 over 80 is three to two. If your blood pressure is higher, but is the same ratio, 150 over 100, for example, then you are dehydrated, according to Dr. Weber. I'm pretty sure that there is not a drug in the world that cures dehydration, but I'm not a doctor. Weber also mentions that uh, chemicals from things like processed lunch meat can raise blood pressure. See, I've been explaining this to people, even in my own family, you know, if you change your diet, right? Because a lot of the sugar in your diet, guess what sugar and salt does in the body? It dehydrates it. So if you're dehydrated, that means the brain is lacking oxygen. You're probably going to have a lot of severe headaches and all kind of stuff like that. Kind of be hard of seeing. You're probably going to have uh, trouble with your balance. All of these things are side effects of the cells in the body not getting enough oxygen. And we're not talking about air. We're talking about the nutrients you put in because if water sustains life right you can't go a day without drinking water what happens when you go days without it and you're drinking stuff you know juice and all this other stuff that contains what you think water is no you need water straight life source water and a lot of these sugary foods a lot of these processed meats uh, a lot of this fried food you're, you're, you're eating this stuff in vegetable uh, oils which are the cheapest oils that don't break down in the body which also cause chronic inflammation see where i'm going with this all of this is triggered by what you are putting in the body what you are not allowing to be released from the body it accumulates and it causes this ease right so it goes on to say many doctors seem to prefer 
prescribing uh, expensive drugs to lower blood pressure. Do they work? Well, they lower blood pressure, but they do that by weakening the heart. See what's going on? And they mention a lot of people uh, with HIV, they end up having heart attacks or heart failure when all of this is dealing with the up and down spikes of the blood pressure, which is caused by using this medication. The medication is hiding the symptom because the body's trying to tell you, hey, I'm dehydrated. Hey, I need oxygen. And, you know, most of us are not listening because we think, hey, I just take this pill and I'm good. Until you're not. It goes on to say that it lowers the blood pressure by weakening the heart. The results is insufficient oxygen to the brain resulting in dizziness, lightheadedness or even blackouts. This is known. This is a known side effect of blood pressure medication. Over the long run, brain cells start dying when they don't get enough oxygen. So you have a lot of people that have been taking uh, blood pressure medication for years. They end up, they end up developing on-site symptoms of Alzheimer's, right? Memory loss, and all that memory loss is the cells in the brain stop creating themselves. They stop duplicating, and your brain shrinks. Those neurons start to shut down. It's, it's a domino effect of what happens to the body just by not giving it oxygen. Try covering your mouth for three minutes. You probably won't be alive. So imagine it's just like your cells being smothered in the body. Your organs shut down when they don't get enough supply of oxygen. Now, if you have high uh, salt content in your diet, high sugar content, guess what that does? constricts the blood vessels. Now, uh, a doctor said in a study that if your blood vessels constrict even 19%, you can cut off 50% of the blood flow to the entire body. That's crazy. So what I'm saying is high contents of sugar and salt in your diet gonna cause your blood to be out of whack. If your blood's out of whack, your blood is not being able to transfer the oxygen that's much needed to other parts of the body and things start dying. You don't catch the disease. These things are accumulated because you kept letting things go without checking the system. Try driving your car when the oil light comes on and never put oil in the car. Eventually, the engine's gonna go out. That's the same thing with your body. Can't keep just throwing pills in there, right? It's like your oil light come on and you keep washing your windows. That's not gonna get the light to turn off. You can cover the light up. That's, that's like taking a pill. You can cover the light up with a, with, a, with a piece of tape. Don't mean that you still don't have issues. And that's, that's what Western medicine has become. They put a Band-Aid over the symptom, but they never address the symptom. They never provide a cure. You end up broken dead. They make a bag, and they get extensive donations to further their research that goes nowhere. So it goes on to say the result is insufficient. Oxygen to the brain resulting in dizziness, lightheartedness, and blackouts. This is even known side effects of blood pressure medication. Over the long run, brain cells start dying when they don't get enough oxygen. My other go-to person with the heart and other issues is Dr. Sherry A. Rogers. Now, Dr. Sherry A. Rogers, I want you guys to pick this book up because, as I said, the whole point of me doing the podcast, the Third Eye High series, facts over feelings is to present the truth and it's up to you to see where the truth goes don't follow me follow the truth to wherever it takes you so now i want you guys to pick up a book it's called 
The Blood Pressure Hoax by Dr. Sherry A. Rogers. A, a very good read. And it's going to expose this whole fake Western medicine philosophy of just cashing in on our ignorance. So now Dr. Sherry A. Rogers, she's a big believer in the notion that we are all low in magnesium. That's another thing. Many people could be iron deficient, magnesium deficient. Do you know iron deficiency? That's a lack of blood flow. So a lack of, lack of oxygen in the blood. Iron deficient, if you're magnesium deficient, you can lose taste, sense of smell. What are, the, what are some of the symptoms of people with COVID? They're losing their taste, their smell. What if they're just magnesium deficient, iron deficient? See, they're not going to tell you that all of these problems originate in the blood. Let's continue. She's a believer that the notion that we are all in low in magnesium, which causes all sorts of heart problems and high blood pressure. Guess what's high in magnesium? Bananas. Get you a smoothie. Get a banana. Get some almonds. Right? Look up certain foods that are high in magnesium so you can add this stuff to your diet. You can naturally combat these illnesses with the food you put in. Because if the food you put in your mouth is getting you sick, why can't you also put this similar food or food of a better quality in your mouth to heal you? Because your kitchen should be a pharmacy. You ever notice back in the day, they didn't have hospitals because people didn't eat to kill themselves. Right? A lot of us are just dying to dying to eat, opposed to living off of the food that's supposed to naturally sustain us. Right? You just got to eat food that's full of life. Fruits and vegetables, right? You don't have to say, I'm a vegetarian, I'm this, I'm that. How about, I don't put no garbage in my system. And start really checking the foods you're eating. Because even the animals of 50 years ago are not of the animals of today. Now, if you had a farm and you grew this animal from a baby to when it made it to your table, then that's a different argument. But all these processed meats and all this stuff is, is loaded with the stuff that's attacking your body. You could say, hey, changing my diet is not going to change my life. I'm going to just go to my doctor. Well, hey, let the drug dealer sell you another script and you're going to get worse. Because they don't treat or cure anything. They just hide symptoms. Goes on to say, she's, she backs up everything that says with citations from the leading studies and journals. She recommends an essay to find magnesium products. Excuse me, she recommends an easy uh, way to find magnesium products. Natural, calm, taken twice a day. She has a book on blood pressure, the high blood pressure hoax. But here's a quote from Is Your Cardiologist Killing You? There are so many ways to lower and permanently cure high blood pressure that it boggles the mind why we insist on merely bludgeoning it for the rest of our lives with drugs, especially drugs that guarantee you will require more drugs, while bringing on an avalanche of more side effects, symptoms, and disease. Remember, the docs that don't get any nutritional training, most don't begin to know how to use foods to cure problems, right? So most of the doctors, they're not gonna tell you to change your diet because most of them are eating poorly themselves. And the doctor that's prescribing you the blood pressure medication, he probably taking one too. The drug dealer's an addict. Oh my God, see what's going on? So you're, you're dealing with people that are not even checking to see if you're deficient in these key minerals in the body. 
because they probably got a nice little kickback from the drug company that got them pitching the drug to you right don't they say the commercial ask your doctor if it's right for you that's like the weed man saying yo ask the weed man if the weed's good you know what i'm saying it's just the same damn scenario so it goes on to say there are so many ways to lower and permanently cure high blood pressure that it boggles the mind especially drugs that guarantee you will require more drugs right while bringing on an avalanche of more side effects, symptoms, and disease. So it says, doctors and practitioners, not scientists or nutritionists, they only cure what those pesky drug companies are telling them and health problems. They've lost the whole vocabulary of cure. They are not just managing illness and contributing it to far often. And they have become workers in the system in that they do not follow the standards of care. They are not, they are driven out. That's how a strong market works to increase its market share. But keep in mind, same thing with the, the COVID situation, right? Because it was doctors recommending alternative therapies that people can use aside from the vaccine. And if you didn't push the vaccine, you probably lost your job, right? It was doctors refusing to take the vaccine under a bogus mandate, right? And many of them lost their job because they themselves wouldn't take an experimental vaccine that's proven to kill people. And they didn't want to recommend it to their patients because everybody's not going to sell out for the bag. Before you buy into thinking you have high blood pressure, get one of these inexpensive cuffs from the drugstore and take your blood pressure over the counter. Over the course of a few days, at different times of each day. Figure the ratio if it's high or not. Three to two. Drink water and test again. So I want everyone that they telling you that you got a high blood pressure. Anybody listening to the sound of my voice on this podcast, stop taking your blood pressure medication for one week. Test your blood pressure a few times each day at different times of the day. You're going to find that the numbers are different because if you're shouting, yelling around in the crib, you probably got high blood pressure, right? If, you, if you're exercising, right, your, your blood pressure is going to elevate. So at different times of the day, most of the time when you go to the doctors, your blood pressure is already elevated because you're on edge. You're excited. You're hoping you don't get no bad news at the hospital, right? So all of this stuff is by trigger. My late husband's blood pressure zoomed so high in any doctor's office that would threaten to hospitalize him on the spot. At home, it was just fine. See? So in this article, this doctor's saying her husband's blood pressure was higher in the hospital, but it normalized when he got home because the, the panic subsided, right? He thought he was going to get bad news in the hospital, right? And every time you see the doctor, you think they're going to give you bad news because that's all they sell. They sell drugs and bad news. That's it. They don't sell cures. They sell drugs and bad news. I hope this little post gives you some information on this very serious subject that you will investigate more before taking any medication. So let's continue because this thing gets deep. Magnificent magnesium rescues the heart. So many people I know are taking blood pressure medication and many of them are having additional problems as well. I am wondering if the additional problems are connected to the BP med and or the other meds that seem to accompany the decision to take the blood pressure medication, right? Because most of the people 
that are taking blood pressure medication, they prescribed you more than one. But if this one pill they gave you is so awesome, why are you taking multiple blood pressure medicines? Because it's all bullshit. And they all contradict each other, which in return, they all attack your immune system. So your blood pressure never normalizes. And you end up a perpetual patient taking these blood pressure medications for years. Doctor cashes in and you never figure out the scam. I ran across an article in the July, uh, August 2014 um, issue of Wellbeing Journal that offers some interesting information about my question. Magnesium balances calcium and, res and rescues the heart by Scott E. Miners. So this is from the July, August 2014 issue of Wellbeing Journal, right? This is all coming from the medical journal. And it's written by Scott E. Miners. So basically, the article is a review of Carolyn Dean MD's book, The Magnesium Miracle. That's another good book to pick up. The Magnesium Miracle by Carolyn Dean. I'm going to grab that book myself. I googled Dean and discovered that she is both an MD and a neuropathic neuropath doctor. So she sits astride the chasm that often lies between allopathic mainstream medicine and alternative medicine. In addition, she worked with magnesium experts Mildred Seen, MD. So this is coming straight from a doctor that's saying you shouldn't be on no blood pressure medications and you're probably magnesium deficient because in fact the blood pressure medication weakens the heart. And what happened with a lot of people with COVID? It's the reason why I keep showing the correlation. A lot of people with COVID they had mitocarditis, mitocarditis, right? Which is basically a weakening of the heart muscles. See where we're going with this? Everything has to do with blood flow. Lack of blood flow, lack of oxygen. Lack of oxygen, system shuts down. Goes on to say, Dear... Dean thinks about 80% of Americans are magnesium deficient. Magnesium is the mineral that activates nerves and muscles, including, writes minor, the muscle cells in the heart. Further magnesium is important for maintaining optimal heart rhythm, blood pressure, muscle and nerve function, blood sugar regulation, and brain health. Signs of magnesium deficiency are constipation, and other digestive problems, irregularities in menstrual flow and reproductive health, muscle spasms, nocturnal leg cramps, and migraine headaches, and loss of appetite, fatigue, numbness, or tingling, and nausea. These are all symptoms of magnesium deficiency. So a lot of these people with high blood pressure, magnesium deficient. A lot of these people with HIV, magnesium deficient. A lot of these people with so-called COVID, magnesium deficient. We're not listening to the signals our bodies are sending us. And we run into the drug dealer trying to get a pill that don't work. And we keep getting back in line, taking another pill. One idea I walked away with was the notion that blood tests don't show magnesium deficiency because the body robs magnesium from other sites in the body to keep the blood level at 1% magnesium. That's interesting. So if one of your organs needs magnesium, the body's smart enough to say, hey, I'm going to take it from somewhere else. 
But if you're not getting enough magnesium in your diet, you're going to constantly be deficient. But no one actually will test you in the hospital for it because it would always say that you have some kind of magnesium there because the body always keeps a little storehouse for emergencies. But when the body is dealing with such chronic inflammation, you don't have enough magnesium to go around. Another idea was that one has to eat significant amounts of food containing magnesium to get enough. And even then, the amount of magnesiums in the foods can depend upon the soils in which the food is grown. Most, a lot of food is GMO, right? So a lot of people are not eating real fruits and vegetables. With commercial farming, soil depletion is increasingly a problem. The magnesium food list is seaweeds, leafy dark greens, vegetables like chard and kale, legumes, green beans, almonds, cashews, filberts, pumpkin seeds, and sesame seeds. All of these contain a high content of magnesium. Add these foods to your diet, family. Replace the sugary and salty stuff with a lot of these fruits and vegetables I just mentioned. Dean says, most magnesium supplements, especially magnesium oxide, are poorly absorbed, right? So you get more magne magnesium from natural fruits, vegetables, nuts, right? Opposed to going to GNC or a health store trying to get you a, a, a bottle of magnesium pills. Stop being a drug addict. Get back to natural fruits and vegetables and enjoying them and ingesting them, right? Because the benefits are endless when you actually get them from real foods that came from nature. So the underlining of this whole build, your diet is what's attacking you. Why is it called a diet? Because you're going to die if you don't try it. You don't die if you don't try a better diet, right? So Dean says most magnesium supplements, especially uh, magnesium oxide, right, are poorly absorbed. Up to 96% stays in the digestive system. That's interesting, right? Because what we kept saying, everything with the AIDS patients, everything with COVID, they're saying they're having disruption in the digestive tract. So everything ends up in the stomach. Dean recommends... Uh, hold on, excuse me. Up to 96% stays in the digestive system where it acts as a laxative rather than getting to the cells where it is desperately needed. Dean recommended pi, uh, uh, picometer sized forms of magnesium as they form can be totally absorbed at the cellular level. Epsom salt soaking magnesium sulfate is another excellent way to get more magnesium in your body. That's interesting. So, family a lot of people you can take you know a little a, a nice little hot bath put you some epsom salt in it you can take in the, the magnesium sulfate through the pores so that's another way right so we don't just get it from the food you can get it from the therapy so create your little spiritual bath get your herbs get everything right throw that in there make sure you get you a bottle of water so you can stay hydrated while you're you're taking your bath but you can also do the epsom salt bath and get your magnesium sulfate Drugs deplete magnesium, says Dean. So these blood pressure medications are depleting the magnesium, which is causing a strain on the heart, which is causing your blood pressure to stay elevated. See the connection? Drugs deplete magnesium, says Dean, uh, based on Scene's laboratory work with drug and her own with drugs and her own work since working with Scene. Scene tried to tell 
her drug company bosses that their drugs were depleting magnesium in bodies, but they weren't interested because they can't sell no they can't sell no drugs that way. Dean details the following situation: You are stressed when you see your doctor, so your BP might be high at the moment. The doctor might put you on a diuretic, which drains your magnesium and potassium, which makes your blood pressure truly high. See the setup? So now the doc will worry that your calcium levels are going to raise and will prescribe a calcium channel blocker. Most doctors don't know that magnesium is a natural calcium channel blocker. So they're giving you something to block something when all they got to do is give you magnesium in your diet. But that will put them out of business and selling you more drugs. And they'll put you on a third dose. Oh, yeah. Okay. And that'll put you on a, do a third dose. An anti-antogen testing converting enzyme, AZE, inhibitor. So now you're on three drugs. But the tale continues. After two or three months, you become... And you, excuse me, after three months, you come back and have blood taken to make sure the drugs aren't hurting your liver. But all of a sudden, your cholesterol is elevated. Your blood sugar is elevated. The doctor says, oh, we got your high cholesterol. So you notice most people, they diagnose with high blood pressure. They also say you got high cholesterol. They're not telling you that the pills is causing all of these additional problems. So now they just sold you another drug. So it goes on to say, oh, we caught your cholesterol. We just caught your blood sugar. We can put you on medications. Dean goes on to say, they didn't catch these conditions and caused them. The more you reduce your magnesium, the more your cholesterol will go out of control. She notes magnesium is important to balance an enzyme used in the manufacture of cholesterol in the body. Magnesium helps to stabilize cholesterol. See what's going on? Now, you can get a high content of magnesium also in black cumin seeds, right? Eat, eat about 11 black cumin seeds a day. You can regulate your blood sugar, everything. See, we are deficient in key minerals that the body needs to sustain itself. That's what's going on. You're not catching these diseases. These are accumulations of chronic inflammation that has gone unchecked for years. And you keep going to see this doctor that's hustling you the whole time with a straight face and a nice white coat. But what do I know? I'm not a doctor, right? And I don't give medical advice. But I'm telling you, study a lot of this stuff I laid down in this podcast episode. And I guarantee you, follow the truth to where it goes and the truth shall set you free. Further, Dean notes that uh, Staten's drugs destroys an enzyme that magnesium needs. So what if they knew this the whole damn time? They gave you something to shut down your production of magnesium, which will keep your system out of whack, that will keep you a customer for life. And that a sign of diabetes is low magnesium. See the connection? We mentioned in multiple so-called diseases that they're saying are incurable. Of course they are if you remain magnesium deficient for the rest of your life guaranteed to be that way by continuing to take the drugs that do more harm than good. Miners notes that Dean writes that doctors only recognize drug side effects 4% of the time because they do not want to believe they are harming their patients via their prescriptions. Right? He ain't going to tell you it's his fault. 
You sick? When you came to him to get better? Of course he's not. He's going to always shift the blame. He's going to shift the blame to you. More drug intake also causes inflammation. What are we talking about? More medications you take, you trigger more chronic inflammation. What is chronic inflammation? The immune system starts to attack itself. It's fighting something that it doesn't know it's fighting when it's really fighting you because every day you keep putting the poison back in your mouth by taking your medication. And isn't this situation the huge elephant in the medical room these days? Doctors are caught in what I've been calling a Kool-Aid loop. A Kool-Aid loop of information created by the drug industry and the standards of care that are expected to follow. It's the rare doctor these days who is researching this information for themselves and trying to understand what is really happening in bodies. Dean appears to be one of the same ones. So even this, this doctor, this, uh, this writer that took uh, some excerpts from the doctor's literature from the medical journal, he's saying that this doctor is one of the rare ones that's telling the truth about what's really going on in the medical field. Now, you can listen to this podcast and you go to your doctor and say, hey, man, am I taking AIDS medication and this high blood? Your doctor going to lie to you with a straight face. Because if you went back to the weed, man, and you told him the weed wasn't good, he's going to say it's you. This, oh, man, this is some loud. Everybody else is buying it. I don't know why you came back. So the doctor is going to contest this truth that we're going over. But I'm telling you, do your own research on everything I've mentioned in this build. And the truth's going to set you free. It's time that you start listening to your own body, your own conscience, your own heart, your own mind, your own truth. Because these people are truly fucking lying to you. And they've been lying to us all since the inception of this medical field shit. Here's what Dean says to do. Keep taking magnesium. Take it in the various sources. The picometer size magnesium, Epsom salt, and so on. Take an oxide if you are constipated. You may need the magnesium oxide, but take the others as well, right? Also the food. I would note that magnesium and calcium are paired. One affects the other. So most people that you're going to see that's magnesium deficient, they got weak bones and weak joints. See what's going on? So a lot of people with AIDS, they think that, you know, they're frail and, you know, their bones and their joints are easily breakable when they're just magnesium and calcium deficient. And what speeds up that uh, deficiency? The more you keep taking this AZT drug medication, the more you keep taking the blood pressure medication, which is the same thing. Too much magnesium can block calcium, see? So you have to take these two in moderation, and they both kind of go with each other. Too much magnesium can block calcium. But my thinking is that if you are eating dairy products, cheese, yogurt, milk, nuts, seeds, homemade bone broth, and darkly leaf vegetables, adding a quality source of magnesium to protect your heart might be a good idea. I'm going to do that. But again... This doctor is a European, so he's talking about the genetic makeup of a European. I wouldn't recommend no cheese. I wouldn't recommend no goddamn yogurt or no milk. Get you some almond milk because the cheese, the yogurt, all that stuff ferments and all that shit turns into inflammation. So, you know, that's the one thing we disagree with here. But a lot of everything this doctor recommended is on the money. But again, eat accordingly to your body, right? Because I'm not telling you you got to be vegan. You got to be this. You got to be that. I'm telling you I eat foods in conjunction with sustaining my life. And that's how I eat. And I don't eat nothing that's going to compromise my system. And you shouldn't either. 
So he goes on to say, I don't have high blood pressure, but I had always heard that 100 plus years ago over that 100 that 100 plus your age over 90 was a reasonable blood pressure, especially at your age. Sherry A. Rogers, MD, an environmental doctor who was fairly prolific writer, has a book called The Blood Pressure, The High Blood Pressure Hoax. She she quite seriously supports that more modern blood pressure figures over 120, over 70. But she advocates trying to figure out why the blood pressure is high and counsels treating with diet and other lifestyle changes. Right? Get more exercise because most of the people that you see having issues, they're dealing with lack of blood flow. It's not even moving. Like you could just walk a few blocks, you know, you don't just every day you have to have some kind of movement so you can get the blood circulating. So she recommends, you know, she advocates trying to figure out why the blood pressure is high. She counsels treatment with a diet and other lifestyle changes. So this is very interesting, right? I, I give thanks to everyone tuning into this build. And if you have a loved one that's dealing with any of what we discussed, you know, anybody dealing with COVID, I guarantee you it's something going on in the blood. Guarantee you they probably said you got high blood pressure. But I'm telling you how to reduce this thing. Stop taking the blood pressure medication, which is AIDS medication, because they're going to eventually say you got AIDS, and start addressing the chronic inflammation that's in your system. Change the diet. Get that salt out the body. Get that sugar out the body. Because if you're eating high levels of sugar and salt, you're probably not drinking enough water, which is lack of oxygen to the brain, which is causing the blood pressure to continue to elevate because the blood pressure is elevating because it's trying to find oxygen for the brain. You don't got oxygen to the brain, guess what you have? Brain damage, going to a coma. So that's why you see a lot of people end up having strokes out of nowhere. Lack of blood flow, lack of oxygen, lack of magnesium, lack of calcium. So all of these things have to be checked. And a lot of these things you can get by simply changing your diet and your lifestyle. I'm your host, JF Bay. This has been a very informative build, and I will uh, do a part two later this month on this. We're going to dig deeper into that AIDS hoax, the, the PCR test and all of that. Stay tuned. You're tuning into this podcast wherever you're watching it. Share it. Share it out to everyone. You can um, also check out the podcast on YouTube. The YouTube is Third Eye High. That's three, the number three, the letter R, the letter D. The letter I, the word high, H-I-G-H, third I high, in parentheses, facts over feelings. So if you just put up third I high on YouTube, the YouTube page will come up and I will be updating a lot of the audio to YouTube for the people that are on YouTube. But if you're riding in your car, you want to listen to the podcast, this is available on Spotify, Amazon Music, it's available Apple Podcasts and a few other podcasts that are available, also available on Anchor. So... I want you people to really stop fearing knowledge because it's a lot of stuff you didn't know before this build. This is why I do builds like this to help you get your third eye high and deal with this facts over feelings, right? Because a lot of us, we're stuck in our ways. Well, my doctor didn't say that. Well, I ain't hear that. The doctor didn't say that. The news didn't say that. Guess what? The truth ain't going to be televised. The truth only finds those that are sincerely seeking it out. This is your body, your life, 
your truth. It's up to you to take it seriously. It's time for you to get that coal out your third eye and keep your third eye high. Until next time, I'm going to deal with this facts over feelings. And until next time, I'm just here to shine my light your way, help you find your light switch, and keep your light lit. You can also, if you want to email me, you can email me at thirdeyehigh at gmail.com if you have any questions about the podcast or any episodes on the podcast. That's the number three, the letter R, the letter D, the letter I, the word high, H-I-G-H, thirdeyehigh at gmail.com. Peace, love, and light. Until next time, continue to keep your light on. Continue to find truth. Don't follow me, follow the truth. Don't follow me, follow the truth to wherever it may lead you. Peace, love, and light.